How are we doing? All right. So my goal is to entertain you guys for, I guess, for 20 minutes, and then you guys can go. Cool? <laughs> Everybody has stuff to do. I know. We got to go. All right. Uh, we are continuing our series of Rooted in Love. I guess somebody filled in for me last week. Did he do okay? Yeah. He was all right. Not too bad. So how I came with this title, give you guys a brief background about me, uh, if you guys don't know already. This is always a tough subject uh, based on how you grow up, the life that you lead, things like that that go on. And uh, sometimes I just feel like it's just carrying on with things. And so I said, we're going to talk about more love, I suppose. And that's the path that we've been going on. Just last week, I think we finished up a study, uh, a friend of mine, a couple of us are in here, it was the book of Hosea. And I've read it before, obviously, but this particular time as things are going along, I, I found myself getting exhausted by how many times God talks about what they've done and how just how much he cares about them over and over and over again, which is the love that God has for all of us. He, he cares a lot for us. And I just, I, as a person who has a hard time loving anybody that much, you know, my siblings are the closest thing that I come to as, of, of just really caring. I mean, you guys are cool too. You know what I mean? But it's, it's a tough thing. I'm like, why do you put up with this much then, God? Or just anybody who just, under, who has children, marriage, all these things. And it's, it's so much, I guess, is the word for me sometimes. Like, why? That's a lot to give of oneself. I get tired of it, and it like scares me sometimes how I can be callous to a degree. But it's going to kind of go along with what we're talking about here. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses and then go back over and then discuss them. So that's going to be our, our pattern. But as I'm reading all of this, and he's telling us to love each other and to care, that the whole Bible is that. And outside of God, I wouldn't have a reason to. And so let's talk. We're going to start off. It's going to be a couple different parts, and so we'll go through the four different parts here. Tell me how this I just pointed at that thing there. There we go. Oh, oh I went too far. Okay, so just a couple little parts here that we're going to talk about. I'm going to read that verse. I'm going to read 7 through 12. The background of this is when you, when you look at the, at the heading of this, and just kind of keep it in our mind. It's not going to be the focus, but it says uh, denying the incarnation. So keep that in the background. We all, you know, it's the Gnosticism and all that stuff. Our, our goal in this is the love part, but keep that in the background because it's going to make sense about some of the things that he actually says. So we'll start off. Whoever has their phone or whoever you guys want to follow along, or I'll just read it to you in my soothing voice, and you guys can enjoy it. All right, so God's love and ours. So I'm going to read verses 7 through 12, and then we'll go back and talk about it a little bit. So dear friends, <clears throat> let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one who has no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us 
and His love is made complete in us. So I'll throw out a couple of questions if you guys feel like answering them in your mind, out loud, however that works out. As I'm going through this repeatedly throughout this week, getting ready, like, okay, what am I going to talk about in that section there? Questions that asked of me. And I start always with myself and see how weird am I and are there other people just as weird? And if they are, what's the explanation for that as well? <laughs> so it says here, how does an unloving, unkind, hard-hearted person change? What in this world that we see makes someone who's already cynical, let's say, you know, borderline just doesn't really care about people. Like they always do goofy things and all of history will tell you this. Just look at anything. Well, they did something stupid. They did something to their community. They did something to their country. They did. Yeah, there's some good stuff that comes along. But for the most part, you're always just seeing something crazy happen. So what in this world, if I'm already of that mindset, if I'm already to that side of it, I'm just like, you know, this is just a crazy little world here. What is going to make me want to change and be better? What is going to give me the patience to deal with people knowing that I'm going to be ridiculed for even trying to help other people? Like, why are you always trying to help these people that keep spitting in your face, that keep looking at you funny? What is it about this world that would do that for me? What's that? Kindness. Kindness. So where's kindness going to come from is, the, is what I ask myself. Because if I look around, there's no, like, I, I would just rather be alone or I'd just rather have my own close friends, the ones that I can tolerate for as long as I can until <laughs> whatever happens. Because again, back, back to the first part, it takes a lot of energy to care about people. Sometimes I'm just not willing to put that in based on my background and how I've been affected by a lot of things. And I'm sure there's others that have been that way, right? Can't be the only one. <laughs> At least I hope not. Right? Um, uh, there's a few people that we know. I think of Lorena a lot. Just, just kind people already. Just have a love for people. But that's more the exception, right? <laughs> it's not, not everybody's not like that. And from last week, this kind of fits in perfectly when you talked about conditional love. I will love you as long as. And I'm very guilty of that. And the point of all this is when John says it's God loved us first, that if it wasn't for God, I would still be on whatever path that I want to go on. And when he says God is love, even people who don't believe in God are getting it from him, whether they want to admit that or not. There's a lot that's coming from him, and they want to skip these parts of it and just say, well, this is the world. You know, and you see the people out there who, who don't necessarily believe in God holding up either signs or saying that, you know, we got to love one another. And I ask myself, what is it about this world that makes you think that love is the primary thing? The rapes, the murders, the death, the animals eating each other, the human beings eating each other. Yeah, you see a couple of good things here and there. And that's only because I believe firmly as a Christian that God still has his influence on this place. But we know where the other influence comes from. But if you were just to look right at it outside, because they want to, I believe that Christianity has obviously influenced everything. But if you just look at it the way it is, what is it about this world that makes me think love is the primary thing? I would think it would be the other stuff that's primary. Love can squeeze its way in there a little bit, but that's not the big thing that I look at. Yeah, all this is outside of God. But when I have God involved, and when John says things like that, when he says that God is love, that he loved us first, it makes a lot more sense to me. And I see the influence that God has on us, whether we acknowledge him or not. Uh, again, back to the conditional part of it. I will care about people as long as. I will try to help people as long as. All of us that have 
like done the homeless ministry or, or, or people who help addicts or people who help, you know, single moms or anything that goes on. If they don't respond a certain way, at least I'll speak for myself. You guys won't have to admit it. For example, you know, you, you, you help the guy, you give him something to drink, you give him something to eat. If he doesn't say thank you, you're like, ungrateful, dude. Because you expected something from him. He, I want you to act like you're homeless and thank me when I come save you. Very conditional. You guys might not admit it, but I'll admit it on my side. All right? So, <laughs> and I don't want to be that way. And it's tough. And I struggle with it. It's been 12 years now we've been actually trying to do this thing. Not pretend. I'm actually really trying to come here and see you guys every week for the most part. But this is burdensome. And we'll talk about that toward the end in chapter 5 when he talks about that. A little piece there. But it does come from God. Outside of him, I have no hope to actually care about people or any inclination to, outside of it making my life a little bit easier. You can't be mad at everybody, otherwise they won't help you in anything. <laughs> you know, so um, that's kind of what we covered there, so we'll, we'll move on. I may be a little bit scattered here, which is cool. Give you guys a, a moment to wake up when I try to find myself again. So, All right, so part two. We're going to move on a little bit. I'll read the parts again, and we'll discuss it, and we'll go on from there. So part two, he talks about in 13 through 16. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Remember the background. It's like they're, not, they're denying that this even is happening. So he has to write these things out. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, uh, excuse me. <laughs> if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So there's a question I have for you guys. You guys know anybody that says that they believe in God but aren't sure if they're saved? Anybody know anybody like that? Right? We talk to people like that. And I, they say, well, you know, I say, do you think you'll go to heaven? You think, you know, they'll say, well, I'm not sure. Why are you not sure? <laughs> it says it in there. It says if you believe in him, you're fine. But I know close family members of mine or people that I've talked to, when you ask them, how, how close are you to God? They say, well, yeah, I love God and everything, whatever, but I'm not sure if I'm going to ever, you know, if I'm, I'm going to make it, which is disturbing to me. Not in the sense like you annoy me, which that's probably in the background, but more in the sense like I, I feel for you. Like, how come you don't have that security in God? Now, I spent a lot of time studying different religions and different ideas, which is kind of goes right along the thing that we're going to be talking about in our new series of uh, our new small group series. But when you think of Islam, for example, you know, and I've met guys like that, cool people. They, they, they're Muslims and we, they, they have their own ideas of God. But the idea of love is not really there like that. If anything, you know, they, they have the whole this is going to outweigh. If you do enough good, it'll outweigh the bad that you do kind of a thing. But even then, let's say you've done a whole bunch of good. A little bit of bad, everybody does, right? That's what they're going to say. According to the Quran and whatnot, you, if you die, you still have, you're still at the mercy of God if he decides to go left or right with you. I just want you to imagine that your, your faith being like that every day of your life. You want to do good, you want to be pious, you want to do these things, but eventually you're like, man, I, does it even matter in the end? Because if God still decides to go the other way. 
I did. I studied a little bit of Buddhism, you know, different kinds of it, you know, and the whole not even believing that there's an actual God is just kind of out there. The idea that I'm loved is not there, you know, and other things in Hinduism, stuff like that with reincarnation and you're just trying to make up for things. That idea is not there. You know, God, the God is not there holding me and carrying me through all my screw-ups and, and my downfalls and, and my triumphs and my fun stuff. He's not there celebrating with me. And so this is another letter of encouragement to that. It's, it's not, I, I feel for those that say that they don't know if God actually loves them, if I'm going to actually go there. And so you say, well, John, how do you know? John happens to actually have been there. He says, I've seen and I testify. Let me read it again to that part there. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testified that the son, that he has sent his son to be the savior of the world. In their context, don't deny him that he actually existed, that he was a physical being, that he was here, and that he died for you guys. And in our context, given all this testimony from all the history, you can be assured in God. And when you say, yeah, I believe that Jesus rose, but I still screw up in life, but I still do these other things in life, God still loves us for that. And again, from my side, I'm like, why do you care this much about us? We keep messing up over and over again. And I thank him for it, mind you. Because I, I look at it from the other side where, okay, you're, here comes your punishment. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a very depressing feeling. And I thank him. When I actually sit and think about it, I thank him that he's not like that. I thank him that he has given us his grace that no matter what happens, as long as I trust in you, which the word is to cling to, to put your weight on. Like when you sit down, you don't sit part way. You put all your weight on the chair. You just hope that it keeps you up. Put that weight on him. That's the word that's used in believe in John 3.16, that whoever believes in him puts all their weight on him, that even if you foul up a bunch of stuff, that he's still going to carry you. That is one of the biggest differences in any other belief that you're going to have out here. And you can carry that with you and you can hang on to that. And so... For those that I do know that don't want to believe in that, that's another loving thing that we can do for them. We can encourage them and to tell them, look, got a little path to go. We want to get to know who this Jesus guy is and you want to talk about him. But if you do believe in that, he does care about you. So he said, by he testified. So he says, again, with these people, if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. God is love. So if you have God, you have Jesus. If you have Jesus, Jesus is love. Be involved in him. Know him. Know that this is what he did for you. If, you. if you take away the very thing that he went to show you that he loves you with, again, to these people, yeah, you're going to be in that world. You're never going to actually know. Which I guess for a moment is freeing. <laughs> well, I can go do whatever I want, but how long is that going to last? That's not going to be... When it really gets down to it, and you're going through some things in life, which they never show, right? All the people who don't believe, who don't have anything to believe in, it's a scary place to be, to not have any kind of hope, to not have any kind of thing to actually hang on to. And all these things kick into my mind when I sit. That's why he tells me to pray, which is hard for me to just sit still and talk, but this is the things that I'm reminded of when he says that I'm with you, that I'll carry you through all these things. You know, when things are going well, I have my own world to be in. I want to run along and thank you, God, for what you've done. I'm just going to go. But that background that I take for granted that all these other people don't have necessarily, that we should be having mercy on and wanting to give them, not conditionally, not because he said thank you for the coffee. Even if he didn't, 
I still want him to do well, right? And well, I'll confess something else, too. I've been spending a lot of time in this, right? So I'm trying to... As soon as I close the laptop, put it in the book, and start driving, these little girls, these like 17, 18-year-old girls, just walk across the street. What do I immediately do? I'm mad at them for being inconsiderate. Yeah, I beeped a little bit. It was terrible, and I had to repent. And, I, and I'm like, you just got done reading. You just got done talking about loving people. You, I mean, not, not five minutes ago. And they're walking by. She was on her phone with her. She gave me that look. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, why are you doing that? And I, and I beeped. And I didn't even, I already did it. My, my brain had no connection. It just, it just happened. And I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Darn it. Again, I did it. And then <laughs> I drive another two minutes down the street. And the light turns green. And I'm a half a second late. And this dude behind me hits the horn. I'm like, come on, man. It just turned. And instead of just being cool, this is why I don't have all the Jesus stickers on my car. Because I'd, I'd, I'd be real bad. I thought about saying, it's going to be cool. I'm going to have everything Jesus out. Nope. nope. Don't want to do that. Don't, oh, you play for that team. Okay. Right? I just want to be incognito when I flip out on the street. So, <laughs> instead, of, instead of just accepting that it was my fault for not, I mean, he could have gave me a second, but, so what do I do? I, I stay there for a second. <laughs> like, what you want to do? And, man, you just got done praying and loving people. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Not only that, you're actually going to get up and tell people about it, and, and you still do this. And I put, you know, I went around. I had to go do a U-turn because I was on the wrong. I was going the wrong way. And uh, I was like, "This is tough stuff." That he's, this is, we don't just gloss over this. Like, love your brothers and sisters. This is how you love God. This is. Ugh. Can we just make it easier? Sometimes. And and that's what. That's the path that we've had to go through. And this is, at least for me, some of you guys, I don't know how easy it was for a bunch of you guys. Oh, we love him. He's going to go do it. This was, this was a lot for me. And it still is. And I'm sure there's a lot of us like that. No, it's not just a cakewalk, as they say. So, uh, anyway, that being said, we'll move on to the next part, I suppose. So, 17 and 18, this is. You think of John chapter 4, I would suppose, is the one that really comes in. Has anybody memorized this verse? No, sorry. I forgot about it. 17 and 18 says, In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Kind of going back to if we're secure in Jesus and if we know him, right? So I said, I'll start again. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And uh, the second O is supposed to have that little line on it. I don't know what that's called. Somebody knows that. Teleo. Anyway, it says complete in here, but it also means that to reach the goal. To, be, to, to get to the point that you wanted to do. And so when John says, in this way our love is made complete, to reach the goals, to be close to God, to be in, I guess in the end, we want to be in the new heaven and new earth with God. He says, in this way our love is made complete. 
you trust in him, that you know who he is, that you're secure in him. And so here's the other question. If, and you guys, I'm going to ask you guys, is it fair to say, let me move on to my third piece here. He's talking about judgment and all these other kind of things and having fear and being scared of God because we know a lot of people that they follow God at, what's the, what's the Christianese term? Fire insurance, I guess is what they call it. Uh, <laughs> outside of here, you don't hear that too much. But yeah, why well, believe in God? Because I don't want to go to hell, which I think is an okay place to start. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to go to hell, right? I think we would all agree with that. But to stay there after years and years of knowing God, I would think that that would be a problem, right? So is it fair to say, and you guys can agree, disagree, meditate, whatever you guys want to do with that, is it fair to say that if I'm scared of God or scared of some sort of punishment that comes with God, that I don't really have a relationship with him? Or, no, we say no, we don't think that's, that's very fair, right? Or is it to say, would it be more accurate to say that my relationship with him hasn't matured quite yet? Would that be a little easier? That'd be a little, little better, right? More accurate. And I think those are the things that we're going through on through a lot of people when they're first coming to understand God. Because you grow up, some parents, they teach their, their kids that God is, is about love and that, yes, there's right and wrong. And you ought to do things in, in, in this way and that way. And there will be consequences just in this life when you do something stupid. Just life will just... <laughs> figure out a way to get you back for that. But to be scared of God means that there's something going on. Some of the commentaries that you read, and I read some that said, you know, about worrying about the future and what's going to go on in your life. I, I didn't get that from reading it in this sense, that what he's talking about. I, I think it's more of the relationship thing because the whole thing is about that still. It's talking about, do you know him? Are you close to him? Do you believe that he actually came and that you're not just free to go do whatever you want spiritually as long as physically this and this is happening and whatnot. It's, if I am scared of God, and, I, and thankfully I'm not at that point. I'm, I, fear in the sense that they use in here, we, we get phobos, phobia and all that from, when you look it up in, in the Greek, it, it can mean terror, frightened, but can also mean a reverence. So there's, depending on what context that's going on. And so in this one, he's talking about terror. It's like, if you're scared of God, there's something going on, you're scared of the punishment. But in perfect love, and, and I'm glad that he did this in me, that within a couple of years, I wasn't so worried about hell anymore. I wasn't, that, that wasn't a big thing to me. It was pleasing him and because he did all this for me and getting all emotional and, and in jail and all these people were singing, you're back there crying, like, what's he doing? It's like I didn't have a way to explain it. All this stuff is going on in me. And I try to remember that, you know, when, when I get mad at somebody else for being whoever they are and not loving them like God would have me love them. But the fear part, I can say, is not there. I'm not worried what God's going to do to me because I've gotten to know him. And I can't be loving people conditionally. I can't be loving. I cannot love people conditionally if I expect to convey that to them. You know, oh, yeah, yeah I, I know a couple Christian cats. You know, they're all right. But, you know, I, I screwed up and I don't want to talk to him anymore. How would that look? That'd be terrible. No matter what he did to us, we don't, I mean, you got to have boundaries and all that. But how would that be if you just, oh, this guy, you know, these, these Christians are petty, man. You just say something to them and they don't want to, you know, you, you make fun of them. They get all sensitive. We don't want to be that. We want to be those people that, come on, man. I mean, not to be to abuse level, but care about people. And it's, and I will admit, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to do. 
because they're not gonna, you know, when you brought, when we talked about Osteen and all those guys, and 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 I got a good perspective from Bryce when he talked about it, because I'm always on the defense, like, oh, you guys making fun of us, da 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 da, which is always a bad place to start, because you already, it's us against them, and that's what goes good from there, you know, or well from there, what goes well from there, uh, but I got to be all right with that. I gotta be alright with being held accountable. I can say, yeah, we, you know, I, I, did, I did screw that up, and I am not, that is not how I'm supposed to act. And I am supposed to care about you guys. Even this, we want to do it powerfully. We want to take over, but to win somebody over with love is the best way. But for sure, isn't the easiest way. It's just, it's a it's a tiresome thing. You get emotionally drained. You got like we leave our studies of Jose, and I'm like just tired. I didn't even do anything. I'm just sat there the whole time. Like golly, man, just again he forgives them. Again, and I pray to him that I have that heart for him. That I have that heart for these people who. And we'll go a little bit further on when he says, you know, loving the brother you can't see, but. When we shouldn't gloss over this love thing. We should, and I don't think we have. I'm not saying that we have. But I, I, I have the tendency to, you know, I love you, man, and just kind of move on. Like, that means a lot. That means you're going to have to put up when people do stupid stuff to you. I don't forgive well, which is contradictory to being a Christian, right? It's, well, you, there is no excuse for you to have done that. You're mentally ill or something. You shouldn't have done that. And I have a hard time just accepting that and forgiving them with that. And... Uh, and then when you repent and you talk to God about it, you're like, eh, probably shouldn't have been that way. Well, let me get another chance. Next person I see, or if I see them again, help me. You know, We like to cling on to things. We like to hang on. I don't know for sure of me. I'm like, ah, oh. they shouldn't have been that way. If you lie to me, there's no... If you screwed up, I get that, but you lied. You purposely did that in my face. Anyway, we're moving on. We kind of talked about fear and love here. So... Chapter 4, 19 through 5, 5. You guys can see him. He's, he's struggling there. He's put a lot, of, there's a lot of burden on him. But he's, but he's there, though. He's, he's not going anywhere. I don't know if he has a choice, but he's not going anywhere. Okay, so let me... This, a little, this part's a little bit longer. Hang with me, and we'll go through there. So uh, 19 through 5 on the other side. And then we'll, we'll cut it down from there. It says, we love because he first loved us. It goes back to verse 14. Outside of God, this unkind, unloving nature of us, of, of me, what, what would cause me to want to be better? What would, oh, I just had some epiphany. All of a sudden, you know, I want to start caring about people. No, something had to have gone on in me. Some, some being had to move inside of me to say there is a higher purpose. There's more. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So there's people that are right in front of me, that I can see their struggles even, that I can see what they're going through, and still have an attitude with them, or I still don't know how to love them. How? Yeah, it's easy to say I love this God that I can't see, but how is that going to be shown then? Hey, you keep talking about it. Jesus says, what's, the, what's easier for me to just say, I forgive you of your sins, or to actually get this guy up to go and walk? Okay, the other part I can just say, you won't ever see that. All right, get up and walk. And he did the harder thing. The harder thing is to love each other because we're not as clean and easy to get along with. We lie, we steal, we say dumb stuff, we hurt each other. 
And he says, love each other anyway. And I'm like, no, don't feel like it. Can't do it. But he says, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to push through that. I said, all right. Because it's you, anybody else, <laughs> I'd have more of an issue doing that. But that's the whole thing. I was like, what, what does he mean by those you can, you can see? Nobody is seeing God. He says, if you're going to be whole theme, you know, this is how the world will know that you are mine. It's not fun. People say, well, you know, people go to religion because it's easy. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know what I mean? I don't, at least for me, I'm like, this dude is tripping out. Like, what about this? It's easy. But it's fun when you, get, when you understand what he actually has done for you when, you, when you get it. It's beautiful. It's a great thing. So, I think that's that. So that's the practical application of it. So here's the top of five, and then we'll be done, and we'll go on. So everyone who believes, this is five, one through five. Everyone who believes that Jesus loves the Father, excuse me, I skipped a sentence there. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. That's that practical stuff. It does matter what you do, right? Somebody said that a little while ago. It does matter. You know. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. And that's the part. I was like, when I read that, so what do you mean his commands aren't burdensome? This is a problem. Everything, the, the, okay, do not murder, easy enough. I could do that. Uh, do not steal. Depends on what situation I'm in, right? There's always something to be said, you know. Commit adultery, honor their parents and your uh, mother and father, even if they're drug addicts and they've molested children. There's something weird, crazy stuff that's gone on that God knows happens. He still says to honor your parents, knowing that all parents aren't perfect. Hence, why we have this world that we have: the drug addicts, the criminals. They didn't just get that way, right? So He says to to do these things to care. He says, these, are, these commands are not burdensome. So I'll, right now, I read it, and I put the book down. I chill out for a second. I say, I disagree. So, being a Christian, I know that I'm wrong, and I have to figure out what is it that I'm not seeing about this verse that says that his commands are burdensome. Because as far as I'm concerned, they are very burdensome. <laughs> Maybe not for everybody, but for me, they're burdensome. And then it, it, it hit me. <laughs> There's a difference between hard and burdensome. It may be difficult to do these things. It may not be easy. But I do them with pleasure for God because I love him. And he loves me first. And that's why I do them. At least I attempt to. So whenever I flip out on anybody in here, forgive me. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the difference there. It's not easy. I don't think any of us go into it thinking that, you know. Just even getting here on Sundays when stuff is going on, family stuff, recreational stuff, just that alone is like, ah, I guess I gotta go. But don't go because you are made to or because you feel guilty into it. Get to know Jesus, get to know what it means to love, and then you'll start to want to do them, right? And I said, okay, I get it. Now I know what you mean, I think. If there's another take on this, I'd like to hear that one too. But, but it's a lot. But that's why I have you guys. That's why you guys have me for whatever y'all need me for. Uh, that's why we have each other. That's why family, friends, church. Because it is going to be hard. 
but out of love we do it, so it's not a burden on our life. Like, I'll try to do this Christianity thing for a couple of years, but then I got to kind of move on. It was just a self-improvement program. I got I to go on, read a couple books. It was good. Thank you, but I'm going to move on. So uh, that kind of wraps up what I was trying to say, but I thought that was important to say that we will be in some tough times together. Think twice about putting any Jesus stuff on your car. <laughs> Get the love thing down first. And then throw a sticker on, perhaps, if you, if you feel that good about it. Um, so, uh, I don't know what we do at the end. I'm done. That's kind of that's everything. So, we'll pray it out real quick. Um, and then you guys can do whatever it is that we do afterwards, okay? You guys will join me. I'll let you guys out of here. Lord, we thank you for your grace, first and foremost, knowing full on well that we don't deserve the things that you've given us. And Lord, I ask that we acknowledge that it was because of you that we even have the capability to love and to have these things inside of us. And it's because of you that we're able to get up when we, when we fall. It's because of you that we're able to accomplish things and be successful in things and to, and to enjoy the parts of life that you have given us. You know, we know that there's bad things that go on in this world. There's evil things that go on. There's sad things that go on. But uh, I thank you that you're patient with us, even though I don't understand it and I get tired just reading about it, how patient you are with us and how much you love us, that that's why you are there and I'm here. That's why we don't think the same. You've told us as much, but that uh, your love for us doesn't waver and it doesn't change. And Lord, if anybody is insecure and just are not sure that you love them and don't have any idea, don't have the physical, like if he was real, how do I know? What can I, what, what is it that I can do to at least give my mind an idea that this may have actually happened? Lord, put those resources, put those things in people's lives. Because it's not always facts and evidence that change people's hearts, but sometimes something goes on and an emotion clicks into something. So whatever it takes for anyone that's here, for anyone that we know, for anyone that we've been praying about, uh, Guide them, Lord. Guide us. Help us to be the light that you ask of us. It's a tall task that uh, can't even happen without you. So with all that being said, we thank you. We pray for all those people that are going through disasters and and issues that uh, we may not think about daily, but they are going through something horrific out there. So uh, use all of this for your glory and put us in a position, if need be, wherever we are, that we are able to be interrupted by you, take a pause from whatever life is giving us, and to, uh, and to recognize you and to love one another as best as we can. Forgive us for our shortcomings. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.